안녕하세요, Cloud입니다. Hey guys, Cloud here. Uh, today's episode, we have a guest, uh, Aiden from Aiden Studies. Uh, I'm sure many of you guys know him from his uh, Instagram and Twitter, and if you don't, I'll have a link to his uh, Twitter in the bio. Um, he's a language learner. He's been st- studying for a few years. Uh, I think he started before me as well. Um, he's went through more languages than I have, and I thought it would be very useful to kind of understand his language learning uh, journey so that we could all benefit from it. And towards the end, he gives some very uh, good tips on people who want to get into it, or even people who have been studying languages, uh, some very actionable tips. So um, stay, uh, look forward to that. It was a very good interview, and uh, thank you very much, Aiden, for um, you know conducting this and being on the podcast, and hopefully you guys enjoy. All right, here it is. Okay, so um, first and foremost, uh, do you mind just giving a brief introduction about yourself? Maybe some of the languages you've learned, um, what your journey has been like? Sure. So um, my name is Aiden. Uh, if you probably you probably know me from like Instagram and Twitter, um, and basically I'm a language enthusiast. Not necessarily a polyglot yet, but um, I do like learning languages. Um, currently, I am studying to some varying extent. I'm learning Chinese, Japanese, Russian, uh, Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, and I'm just starting out in Bulgarian. Oh, that's cool. What got you into Bulgarian? Um, to be honest with you, it was, I think I one day was like, why don't I just try out a new Slavic language? So I think I honestly just listened to some like Bulgarian podcast and I was like, oh my God, this is actually really pretty. And as like time goes on, I realized that it's actually pretty like, it's a pretty easy Slavic language. Uh, so I was kind of, you know, just drawn to how pretty it was. And then I also did have uh, some friends on Twitter who were like, you should learn Bulgarian. So I just started for fairly recently. Okay, that sounds cool. I uh, From Twitter, most people are, uh, at least in my circles, try to get us to learn Polish. Mm. Um, so I would have assumed if you wanted to learn another, I think you're learning, you said you're learning Russian, right? Yes. Um, are there a lot of similarities or you can't really tell yet? Um, I can notice like, just honestly, I haven't done much in Bulgarian yet, but just looking at some Bulgarian like words and stuff that I've seen, um, I would say vocabulary wise, from what I've noticed, they're, somewhat similar they're not you know totally identical but grammar wise i think russian is definitely more complicated and uh has a lot more cases that has a lot more to it and oh, okay. bulgarian is more or less just like a simpler slavic language i see so what uh what was the first language you decided to start learning um so this is a question that has technically multiple answers but uh, the one that's the most like obvious. Um, I, I think it was Korean, to be honest with you, because I was, um, I think it was like two summers ago, one of my friends was learning Korean and I'm like, you know, like, why don't I just try it? Like, why don't I try learning it? Like, why don't I just try out learning Korean on a whim? So I, um, yeah, I started learning Korean. Um, and then I think around that same time, I had this urge to learn Latin for some reason. So I would say Korean and Latin were the first two languages I tried. Um, but then as time goes on, I uh, have lost them and have like stopped learning them. But those were the first two languages that I think I, you know, tried learning seriously for the first time. Okay. 
that leads me to another question. So you mentioned a lot of different languages that you're learning or you've picked up and, and dropped and or you're focusing on sometimes. What what keeps you motivated to to keep juggling between all these languages? I know some people, their motivation is I want to speak this language fluently. Um, and so they pick up one language and they study it for like 10 years and then they're done. They reach their goal. Um, but one thing that we see with a lot of people, especially on the language learning community and Twitter, is that you know, they love juggling languages. They just love, they enjoy the process itself. So what is it that um, appeals to you about just language learning in general? And how do you keep yourself from saying, you know, I spent six months learning a language and now I can just move on even though I haven't reached the flu like fluency in it? Right. So I think for like the first question, so what appeals with to like, what appeals to me with language learning in general is just, it's a, it's a fascinating topic. And I think it was actually looking at a tweet yesterday that perfectly explained it. It's just language is so fascinating because we're able to put a name and we're able to put, you know, we're able to list and put a name to like something simple. So like I can say chair in English, but I could also say something that's much more complicated. I could put a name on religion, beauty, life. Like, you know what I mean? Like I feel mm -hmm. as if we could put a name to any sort of term and it's just, it's a gorgeous and fascinating thing. And it's even more, it's even more intriguing when you see a language like Mandarin Chinese or Japanese when, you know, you have either you have this uh, system of characters instead of an alphabet or you are, you know, you have so many alphabets, you have so many different like pronunciation systems. So I think it's just, it's so cool to see how this simple concept of, you know, putting a name to something and like speaking has been, you know, it's involved around the world. There's so many different languages. There's so many different, you know, structures out there. So I think it's it's just a fascinating topic. And I think that's what just keeps me, you know, just keeps me motivated the most is just the idea that I could speak X amount of languages, just the idea that I could speak, uh, you know, all the languages I'm learning. I think that's what keeps me going for one. And then also I think with a lot of people that are learning languages, it's like, I want to reach fluency and then that's their pretty much their only goal. I honestly look at like, I look at people who are studying like as much as like an intermediate book or they're, they can read novels or they can, you know, do these eloquent and advanced things in a second language. So rather than seeing somebody as fluent in a language, I think being able to study the things that I'm looking at people studying and leveling up in my studies, I think that's what also kind of keeps me going. Just, you know, the ability to understand complex articles or, read an entire piece of literature and like get the like get exactly what somebody's trying to get across so i think that rather than like this drive for fluency i think what keeps me going is just you know all of the people around me the things that i see uh people that are learning so i think when it comes to my motivation it's just a languages they're great and then b mm -hmm. it's just all of the things that are around me and that i see and i want to achieve that i think that also contributes to my motivation yeah, I definitely feel you. It's very intriguing. I also have a um, uh, this motivation to learn Mandarin Chinese, but specifically, actually, more than the language, the Chinese characters between the traditional and simplified. I find it very intriguing, very amusing, very like uh, it just uh, stimulating to learn this kind of thing. And it's kind of hard to explain why would you want to learn like ten thousand different characters when you could just use an alphabet. Right. But there's something about it innately that just makes it really cool. Um, and it really like brings the learners towards the language, even if it's difficult. Um, you started with 
uh, Korean and Latin. Um, for Korean, how how was your experience with Hangul and you know just kind of learning how to read it? Yeah. So with Korean, um, I can answer this to the best of my ability. I don't remember all of how I learned. Um, but I do remember I was sitting at like my kitchen counter and I'm like, okay, why don't I learn Korean? The first thing I do, or the first thing I did, and the first thing many people do when they're like, I want to learn this new language is download Duolingo and get apps and, mm -hmm. you know, go to the most obvious form of like language education is going to Duolingo or going to just apps. And that's what I did is I think I, I started with Duolingo, but then as the friend, the friend that was learning Korean, the friend that got me started with Korean, um, I think, I think she gave me some websites and she gave me some, you know, helpful tips. So that's when I started really taking um, Hangul seriously. And I think with uh, me learning to read and write Korean for the first time, as an amateur, I can say I did a, I would say I did, I didn't really do a good job at it. I really just learned how these things are pronounced and just went with that. I really just learned the absolute basics. And I think that's probably one of the things that um, contributed to like my downfall, I guess you could say with the Korean language is mm. I didn't really get the best opportunity to read and write. So like, even today, it's like, if you gave me a piece of text in Korean, I could read that if I like, I could sound it out enough to the point where I can read it. And I can, I can't understand it, of course, but like, you know, I can read it out mm -hmm. loud. Um, but, you know, as an amateur reading Korean, it was like, I just didn't have the best grasp on it. And that just made me frustrated when you're learning new grammar, you're learning new vocabulary, and you can't really read this the best way that you want to. Um, I think that would kind of, that kind of contributed to my downfall. So like, my experience learning a new writing system for the first time, it wasn't great. But since I have started to learn, for example, I've learned Russian Cyrillic, I'm starting to learn Japanese hiragana. So like, as I'm learning more scripts, and as I'm learning Chinese characters, too, um, I've definitely become more experienced with learning a new script and learning how to read and write in another language. So the first attempt wasn't great. But like, now that I'm more serious with languages, I think I'm doing a lot better with that. Okay, that's uh, quite interesting to hear because I had the exact opposite experience. I uh, I started off learning Hangul, and I really enjoyed the fact that I can understand um, even before I, I can read the word before I can understand it. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was really cool. Uh, and then when I started learning uh, Japanese, it was like I don't really want to learn hiragana or katakana. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just felt like. I don't know. It felt like the fact that you have to learn kanji alongside it, side with it uh, felt like I, I should be learning one or the other. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously in Japanese, you use a mix of both. So I, I, I would say my reading is very, very poor in Japanese, but my Korean, the first one I did was much better. So it's, it's interesting to see how, um, you know, we, we had like opposite trajectories. Right. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, what's your experience with... Um, you know, after learning multiple languages, you were saying how as you learn more about how to learn languages, uh, you become better at it. What would you say that, you know, when if you go back to Aiden, who was just learning Korean um, and Latin, what would you tell that Aiden to kind of help him out on his journey? If you could mention like a couple points for people who are just starting their 
language learning uh, journey. Right. So I, uh, the first thing that always comes to mind when I'm prompted with something like this, um, the first tip I would give to past me and really any person who's beginning to learn another language is don't get Duolingo. And everybody, mm. everybody goes to it. Everybody goes to Duolingo. And to an extent, I see why it's so popular and I see why people enjoy it so much. But Duolingo is going to teach you in a way that you're just going to get frustrated with the language. As somebody who has learned, you know, so many different languages on the app before, I understand how it is when, like, I was prompted with, um, I think it was actually with Spanish. Um, I was prompted with, like, three different verb conjugations. And I just kept getting frustrated because they would ask you three verb conjugations in a row. And you kind of just had to memorize that sequence by heart as opposed to actually oh. learning the grammar. Like you didn't learn how to conjugate a verb. You didn't learn how to, you know, use the grammar. So I think with Duolingo, it's just, it's not bad if you're maybe a little bit more, like if you're a little bit farther in the beginner stages of your learning, I don't think Duolingo is awful. But I think to start off on the wrong, like to start off on the right foot, I wouldn't recommend getting Duolingo to pass me and to new learners. And then... I think um, something that I would also mention to pass me is just like, have a reason to learn this language. Because to be honest with you, I started learning Korean because pretty much just because my friend was learning it. I thought it was so interesting how motivated she was to learn it. So I kind of was just like, why don't I try learning it? So mm. I think that I didn't have a concrete reason to study Korean. I felt as if I was studying Korean to kind of like, live up to my friend's expectations and she didn't really have expectations but you know what I mean like I felt as if I was learning yeah. solely for her and I think that kind of you know it frustrated me a little bit when I was struggling with Korean so um I would say just have a reason like have a reason to learn this language or else you're just gonna get you're just gonna get bored or you're gonna get frustrated pretty like pretty quickly that's what I think mm -hmm. um and then also with past me um, I would say to like, I would say to pass me, I just know me studying Korean. Um, I would say to don't get too anxious or like, don't get too eager to learn, um, like more stuff in a language. And the reason I say that is because when I was studying Korean for the first time, I remember just being like, I was so interested and I was so like eager just to keep learning more stuff that I never got the chance mm -hmm. to go back to old stuff. So like if I was on lesson five in my Korean program, I would, you know, speed ahead to lesson six without having fully mastered the vocab and the grammar from lesson five. So I think that you have to spend, you have to spend time and kind of study in the moment and live in the moment and, you know, study the stuff first and don't get too eager to go ahead just because that's going to contribute to like you getting, I would say getting lost, getting more frustrated with your studies. Um, yeah, I would just say don't get too eager and take language learning slow. And also uh, kind of going along with that, something I would also say to past me and to new language learners is just uh, respect the process because language learning is so it takes so much time it's years and years and years before you're gonna have to call yourself fluent so you know that's why if you follow me on twitter you know i'm very 
very, very critical of people who say they learned language X in seven days or one month or 24 hours. Yeah. Like that is, it, it makes my blood boil sometimes because it's like, no, you did not become fluent in this language in seven days. You learned some of the language. You're only dipping your toes into the water. So I think that we have to like, we have to set our goals and we have to learn this language at a pace that's, you know, reasonable. We can't be like, oh, cramming in all of this studying and thinking that it's going to help us reach fluency. The more time you spend on a topic and the more you like tend to master that, I think the more that's going to make you more fluent. But I think cramming in so much information into a set amount of time is just not a, the best way to go when learning a language. So I think to sum up all of that, I think those are like my four tips is just respect the process. Don't be eager and, you know, just have a concrete reason in mind to learn this new language. I really love the points that you brought up. Uh, a couple of them, actually, I, I talk about quite often, uh, one of them being fluency development, which you call like not being uh, too eager. I find that a lot of people will just move on from lesson to lesson to lesson. And then, you know, they might have like 20 lessons done. Uh, but then if someone were to use that grammar and vocab of those 20 lessons and talk to them with it, they wouldn't be able to say anything they wouldn't understand. And that's because they have a very, like uh, like you said, tip of the iceberg kind of knowledge on that. They never practiced right. it. Uh, they didn't, they're not like uh, fluent in that specific lessons that they mm -hmm. finished. Uh, so I, I like your point there. The other point about um, uh, your last point about respecting the process uh, like you said, I've seen how, how much you, uh, you love people who say that they learned the language in two months, uh, how much love you give them. Uh, so it, it definitely is a process. And I always say slow and steady wins the race. Um, I find that a lot of people just, you know, their, their goal is the end goal, which is finishing the language, which never really mm -hmm. happens. Um, and they don't understand the intricacies of enjoying the process, kind of like what you talked about in the beginning. Sometimes the goal isn't to reach fluency. It's actually learning the language itself is my goal uh, and it's enjoyable. And some people think that if you want to learn a language, all you have to do or, or your only goal is to speak with people. But as a matter of fact, some people learn languages and never talk to anybody. Right. Um, I don't know what your experience is with like when you, how you're studying, if you talk with people or if you per, prefer like uh, text and, and things like that. But there's multiple approaches to it and it's not, you know, one size fits all. So I, I definitely love the points that you brought up. Um, it, to conclude, I want I have one more question that I wanted to ask you. Um, moving forward, so we talked about what kind of advice you would give to yourself in the past. Uh, moving forward, what's a couple of things you think that um, if you were to implement into your own routine, uh, or if someone else were to implement it, it would uh, you know improve or help in that process of language learning? Okay, so I would say like things that I either want to implement or things that like I would give to somebody or like the advice I would give to somebody who wants to implement things is just, I would say use, uh, there's many different ways to say it, but you could use a holistic approach to your language learning. So basically what I mean by that is that you're not spending hours and hours reading books and studying from textbooks with this language. You're doing everything. You're speaking you're listening, you're reading, you're writing, you know, you're doing, you're doing all four of the main subjects. And I think that that's probably the, the best way to approach a language is just, you have to use it in all aspects or else 
in some instances, that's not going to be good and it's not going to benefit you. Like, for example, if you don't want to learn Chinese characters, but you're going on a trip to China, like you can't really just learn solely off of Pinyin and the romanization because then you can't read Chinese signs. If you're like in China and you don't know what the sign says, you can't read it. You can't read something like a menu item if you're ordering. So I think that like for travelers, that's a, a good approach to take is like, you have to learn a little bit more than just how to learn from romanization and learn from speaking. Um, so I would say for everybody, like a good thing to implement is a holistic approach. And that's something that I haven't really implemented myself to the fullest extent. Um, I do try my best to implement all four like aspects of the language. But um, for example, like with Mandarin Chinese, I cannot, I'm not going to start having language exchange with somebody who speaks Mandarin Chinese just because I can't speak Mandarin Chinese. I cannot fend for myself in Mandarin Chinese yet. So I'm not going to have, like, I'm not going to go into a language exchange trying to speak Mandarin Chinese when I know next to nothing. So I think that a holistic approach is good, like, towards, like, towards the, like, when you start to learn more in a language, I think is what I'm trying to say. Like, once mm -hmm. you start to learn more in a language, you should start slowly implementing, like, hey, let me speak to a native speaker or, you know, listen to more, like, native podcasts and stuff like that. So I think that implementing a good holistic approach to language learning is probably going to be the best for many people. Um, so that's one thing. And I'd also, uh, something that I would give to, like, a piece of advice, I would say, to give to, um, you know, upcoming language learners is just, I would say, stick to one or two resources and stay with that. And I say this as somebody who has plenty, I have too many resources. I have too many books. I have too mm -hmm. many websites. I have too many things that I toggle back and forth between. So I think that, you know, having just one or two, maybe even like three, like anywhere from one to three resources and just sticking with those, that's the best. That's something that it's almost like something I would say to my past self too, is like using less resources than what I do now, because now I have this endless collection of books and like, you know, not all the time to finish them. But um, I would say uh, to kind of go along with that, I would just say, make sure to like simplify the process as much as you can. And also to remember that language learning, it's not like if it's your hobby, there's no reason to rush, like spending more time and spending more time just learning slowly and learning holistically. Like I said, that's going to be like, that's going to be better because if you rush with a language and you try to get through and you try to study all these textbooks and all this information, you're not going to gum, you're not going to come out the way that you think you are. So like, for example, I'm going to use, I'm not going to name names, but I'm going to use this YouTuber who said, I learned Italian in seven days. What this person did is they learned what, like a thousand words and a couple of tenses and said, oh my God, I'm fluent in this language. That's not really, mm -hmm. it's not really fluency. And also too, it's like, you, you know, you're going to have many, many more years of studying Italian. So why rush the process and try to reach quote unquote fluency now when you're going to just, you, you have so many more years ahead of you. There's no reason to just rush the process and try to learn a language in 24 hours or seven days or a month. 
because it's just not going to work for you the way it should. So I think that for any language learner, it's just like, make sure to respect the process, like I said earlier, and just take it slow and to streamline and simplify the process as much as you can. That is almost a recipe for success, in my opinion. I would definitely agree with that. Um, thank you so much for your wise words. Is there anything else you would like to talk about? Maybe uh, some concluding words or something? I don't think so. I don't have anything off the top of my head. No. Okay. I mean, you, you, what you said was great. Uh, thank you so much for your time again. Uh, I was really excited uh, that you were going to come on this podcast and uh, share a lot of uh, your wisdom. You've learned multiple languages. So there's there's always stuff that I can learn from and other people can learn from. Yeah, so no, thank, thank you, you for having me. No problem. All right. You too. Have a good one.